Sci-Fi. Hey everybody, welcome to Real Life Sci-Fi with Wade and Willie. I'm Wade. I'm Willie. This is Starburns Audio Produced Podcast. F you if you believe in Obamagate. Thanks for listening. Um, I think that's our new, that's going to be our new sign in. I'm not going to say why. Uh, <laughs> subscribe to our Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash real life sci-fi. Get two bonus episodes a week. Um, Willie, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm trying, you know, it's, it's weird how much I'm drinking. I'm sure a lot of people are in the same boat as me projecting. I didn't drink yesterday and it was really hard. How are you doing? Um, I have like a, I have a standard alcohol order and it always costs me around $130. That's probably like a hundred dollars worth of alcohol and then like $30 of delivery fees and tips. And I try to make it last two weeks and I know I'm having a bad week if, if it doesn't. So uh, it's been 10 days I reordered today. So that could tell you how it's going. Not great. Not horrible. Word. All right, let's welcome aboard the SSRLSF Dungeon Master and artist Brooks Fairley. Hey guys. What's up? Hello, thanks for being here. Oh, thank you. I'm excited. I am too. I really am. I I, I feel like I'm gonna be a big idiot tonight, but I I really feel like I'm gonna learn something, even though these I'm just looking at my notes. Weird <laughs> Brooks, you guys work together, right? That's 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 how you guys know each other. Yeah, I uh, I was called in to do a couple of set dressing days on the talk, and I immediately walked to the prop department and asked if they need an extra guy, and gave them my name and info, not expecting anything. Got a call, and then uh, showed up for like three or four weeks, on and off. So it was fun. That's actually a really good tip for uh, people moving to Hollywood who want to make it. Like a lot of people have this thing of like, if they want to be a writer, they refuse to call themselves a writer until they, until they actually like make money doing it or an actor or whatever it is. Still do that. Go on. (laughs) So that's the whole thing. Like you tell people what you are and they believe what you are. So that's what you did. You went up to the props people and you said, I'm a props guy. And then they hired you. Yeah. Well, I, I find that it's uh, they're always afraid of the question of like, well, what have you been in? What have you uh, what have you written? What have you done? And so a lot of times when people are writers, true, they, <laughs> they haven't they don't have an answer to that question. So, yeah, well, that, that you have to that's the learning uh, listen, point. You need to come up with the answer before you get there. You're like, well, I've written three features um, still looking for <laughs> funding. No, no. Here's all you have to say to that question, regardless if it's acting, directing, writing. You just say, oh, nothing that went. And then that's it. Oh, and then they oh. think you've had like a million things in development, but like oh, it's impossible dude. to get shit off the ground. Wow, what a what a cool brush of, of brilliance. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing that went. That's so cool. Yeah, just, just let everybody else fill in the blanks for you and you don't have to do any work whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, and then you're also like kind of too cool for like listing it to you just it just puts it puts an air of like uh, you know fuck that question. <laughs> All right, Brooks. Yes, sir. So we talk about conspiracy theories of all sorts on this show, and to give our listeners a sense of where you're coming from, we have a scale, and it's called the Wow Scale. It stands for Waiter Willie. 
Um, <laughs> I'm more of a skeptic. Willie is more of a believer. It's a five-question quiz. All right, let's do it. Wow, scale. Are you a or are you a Willie? Yeah, all right. The first question is a three-parter. I'll ask all three parts, and then you can answer. All right. Do you believe in aliens? If so, have they visited Earth? If so, have they visited Earth in the last 300 years? Uh, I'm going to go with yes for the first one. Absolutely believe in aliens, because I don't think I'd be as afraid of something if I was, if it was not real. Uh they're my biggest fear, to be honest. Is okay. The little, the little, like, specifically the gray guys with the big bulbous like eyes. The, Those skate, are the, ones. the skateboard aliens. Yeah, yeah. They, they, freak, <laughs> they freak me out. Give me the xenomorphs any day. I'll take those because they're direct. It's like I see it, oh, yeah. kind of. I know what it's trying to do. The other guys, what the, you don't know. You don't know That's what they're doing. crazy. You could beat a xenomorph. The great, yeah. You're already over my head. I don't know what a xenomorph is. Oh, it's the alien from Aliens. An alien. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Do I well, that's believe that's not even they... a dorky thing. That's just a movie thing that I don't know. <laughs> if in terms of uh, if I believe they visited Earth, uh, yeah, I think they probably either have seen it or visited it at some point. Um, if they have in the fifty years, three hundred, three hundred, three hundred. Excuse me, three hundred. I don't know why I went to fifty. I'm gonna go with a solid maybe. Solid, like wouldn't be surprised if they did, and I'm not too. I'm not confident enough to say that they didn't. Okay. Um, question number two. Do you believe in ghosts? I believe that there's supernatural things that happen that are unexplainable, uh, whether they be ghosts in the strict. Yeah. I'll, I'll just say, yeah, I believe in ghosts. Why not? I think, I think there's I, something you, out there. I mean, listen, you can expand. You do. Do you not believe that ghosts are dead people? No, I don't think ghosts are dead people. All right. Well, so a lot of times my follow-up to this is, are you religious? But I know that that has a lot to do with our topic. So should I just skip that caveat? No, no we, can, we can go into our No, it's cool to study. start it now. I used to be very religious, and now I'm, I'm in a searching mode after a lot of stuff happened in my life. So I'm kind of in a... Uh, I believe in God, I think. So, but I'm not, I'm not okay. actually, I'm not for the construct of religion anymore. So we sort of rarely get people who are religious on the show <laughs> or, or, you know, in whatever um, sort of changing period you're in, but what is, what is like a, how do, how do, 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 do religious people believe in ghosts? Um, ah, this is, this is, this is a fun one. So my, my father's a pastor. My grandfather was a pastor. My uncle is a pastor. My brother is a pastor. My cousin is a chaplain. Uh, and they all have different ideas about how the supernatural works. And so you get into this whole, my father got really into this, uh, concept called spiritual warfare where, uh, most Christians will, tell you that they believe in the devil, that they believe that there's this ongoing war at all times all around you, and that we have to use uh, what's called discernment to recognize if the things moving around us in the spirit realm or the force, if you will, are dark side or light side, you know? So are they 
are they of God or are they of the devil? Um, so I would say that if I don't know if they'd call them ghosts so much as are they something of God or are they something of the devil? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and and to just to add to that with not add to your family stuff, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Brooks's uh, cousin was also a pastor, uh, not just a chaplain. <laughs> uh, the weird thing is, yeah, um, a lot of times, okay, like like because I I definitely. I, I, I grew up really religious until probably eighth, ninth grade, whatever. That's when I started changing. But I started changing because I started, started questioning too many things and I wasn't getting the right answers. But my thing was, um, um, let's say somebody channels a dead person. I feel like a lot of people from the religions that I've been a part of would say, oh, this is the devil pretending to be your loved one. Yeah. Just saying that, like, they can believe in ghosts, but as soon as there's a communication, no, 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 that's the devil. Okay. I, I only say that because I think it's pretty on topic. Go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, question number three. Do you believe in Bigfoot? Mm, no. No, I do not believe in Bigfoot. Okay. What about, um, like, Chupacabra or, like, Loch Ness or any of those? Uh. No, and I, 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 it's easier for me to to say definitively no to those as opposed to ghosts. We can explain most of the sightings away pretty, pretty quickly. Like if you've ever seen like a completely shaved dog that has uh, <laughs> some weird disease, you're like, oh, that's that's a monster. Or <laughs> you know, you you don't know what kind of crap you see in the woods at night like if you've sure. never been around a bear before and you're just a photographer out in the woods and suddenly you see a bear like raise up or the back of a bear or something like that you're gonna freak yeah. out and add your own narrative to it and do i believe something like that could exist yeah absolutely do i believe that it's bigfoot is the way we know it or yetis or things like that no i don't i don't think i do okay question number four this goes back to kind of what willie was talking about do you believe in psychics? No. Okay. Uh, question five. Do you believe in superstitions or are you superstitious? Only about one thing. And I will, I will, every person I've ever played d with. <laughs> if you say his Lord and Savior, I'm no. ending the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am saying I am superstitious about dice. I roll during Dungeons. Dragons. I believe well, okay, earnestly if I switch. So like if you pull out your, if you buy a new set of dice and you just start yes. test rolling them, they, this is now you're speaking my language. I get you're, this. You're wasting good rolls. You can't just roll your, your, cause you get this new set bonus when you first start out, for instance, right? Like you're going to hit a lot 20, of sweet, 20, sweet rolls. 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. And I am also a firm believer. If I only have one set of dice at a game, I know I'm fucked. Cause if that dice starts turning on me, yeah. rolling shit, I have nothing to Ooh. change it out for, you know? That's interesting because I oh, see, I have something to say about this. First, I'll give you your score. Um, you are a two. Yeah. Um, so you're more of a Wade than a Willie. Willie's five, I'm zero. So you're like kind of right there in the middle, but a little more me. So I, when I first started playing d and I had these dice and it sucked. I could not 
so I can get anything. So then I switched. My character turned evil, and when he turned evil, I switched to these other like more evil-looking dice, <laughs> and uh, and it worked out a lot better. But since then, I've only used those dice for like every character, and I never thought to like have more than one set. Oh yeah, Steve. When I first started playing, I had like probably about eight pounds of dice. I have to measure them in pounds. I love of I love now. seeing somebody with the giant bag. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. That's in that giant bag is my overflow bag because I have a big box of them at uh, my house. So I uh, I would have them all out every game for a really long time, and then I matured a bit, right? I have my like four sets of hero dice, and they get swapped out, so they know if they start going shitty, I'll pull up from the overflow bag. I'll pull nobodies and bring them up to the pro level, and I'll kick uh-huh. them out for a bit, put them in the yeah. These are like developmental bags. league summer league guys. Yeah, You're you bringing know. them up. <laughs> Give them so a they, ten day contract. Hey, when you pull from the grab bag, do they have to match? Yeah, yeah, no, you have to find your. Okay, your okay, that's how so, I am too. Just checking. You, again, you get the matching set bonus. You know, when you're using an entire yeah. matching set, something special happens with all the dice. Yep. The last time this I is played, great. I've never heard this. The last, <laughs> time, the last time I played, I didn't bring my dice, so I had to use dice from the, the my Oof. DM, and he didn't have a matching set of colors that I liked. So I grabbed as many as I could of the colors I liked. And I had the off one and it just messed with my game. And I didn't yeah. switch it. Cause I'm like, well, what am I going to switch with your other dice? <laughs> you took loner dice, man. Yeah. It's like, uh, right. it's, it's like wands and Harry Potter. They're tuned to the owner. You can't just, you have to win them off people for them to work for you. <laughs> Well, for once, we know what we're going to talk about in the bonus episode, and it's going to be primarily D&D. So if that interests you at all, <laughs> just go to patreon.com slash real life sci-fi. Get that sweet D&D content that's, uh, that we're about to be slinging. Uh, hey, Willie. Yo. What are we talking about today? Tonight on Real Life Sci-Fi, supernatural weapons in the Bible. Is there any truth to any of these weapons? Is there any truth to the Bible? Could they have been aliens? All that tonight on Real Life Sci-Fi. A very succinct, that's maybe the shortest one. Oh. Which it's Um, weird because it's succinct, but it's like, there's a lot. There's a lot of directions to go. Anyways, go on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, just for listeners, if you're if you're a fan, I, we're not going to do the the real life segment anymore because I I don't know how to research half of this shit. Well, we, you know, we've definitely changed to to a direction of we're trying to do more conversational things, more sci-fi things, and so the, the real life doesn't apply in most situations. Because yeah, it's kind of more fun talking around the idea of a subject than the actual subject, right? Yeah. So, so tonight's weird because, and now we're we're basically talking about the King James version of the Bible and the Hebrew Bible, Hebrew Bible, uh, the Torah. Away. I mean, I'm just gonna say this right out. The reason why I bag on religion all the fucking time is because there has not. And I'm only bagging on on the King James version. Any 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 religion that uses the King James version of the Bible, because I don't know shit about Judaism. I don't know shit about you know all these other religions. You know, I really don't. My problem is the King James version is a version of the Bible that 
you know, sure there was the council of Nicaea where they picked which, which scripture, which books went in, which ones went out. You take a King's version, the King's version works for the King's rule. And so I just think that Christians of today, and this is my thing. I'm like, maybe I should jump back into this, but Christians of today should have a new translation of the Aramaic version or whatever, the original versions that they have of these stories, they should retranslate all of them because a lot of these things aren't translated properly. You know, they say heavens, could they mean space? I'm, I'm not saying that that's definitely the, tr- the thing, but I'm like, there are all these translations that might well, but be aren't translated. You just talking about, aren't you just talking about everybody's interpretation of the Bible? Like, well, you but, can't you can't just ch- t- go into the Bible and change heavens to space. No, no, no. Is it that what you're be, saying? It doesn't need to be that. But you t- you need to take scholars and have them all agree on what the new translations are. Not not one person, you know, be, because the, they are different now. They are. Yeah, different. but that. But doesn't that doesn't that ruin the point? Like, isn't the Bible all about interpretation? Well, 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 when you are most preachers, pastors, ministers, when they present an argument, they'll use a line of scripture and create a, a lesson from it, right? A bunch of morals. Yeah, it's called a sermon. But a lot of these people went to Christian colleges that, ha- that interpret what that means also. And so there's already, there's already interpret- an interpretation happening, and then you don't get to interpret it for yourself. If you, Sure, you can take it in. I'm just saying that the King's James Version should be kicked out, and they should do a new council to accept by— because there, there, are, there are pieces of literature well, uh, that all Christians believed in, you know, like them finding the Dead Sea Scrolls and just old, old, uh, I don't know. I know I'm going off on the Well, deep, yeah, you went zero to 60 real quick. We need to talk to Brooks here <laughs> because he's from a religious family. He's, his family has 60 pastors in it. <laughs> well, I was, I was listening and, and getting my thoughts for that because I think uh, both of you are like, Whenever you read a scripture of any kind of translation, because I've read a couple of different varieties of biblical text from the NIV to the message, if you want to get really daring. And wait, wait, um, just, just to kick off real quick. The, the yeah. NIV is, is a modern interpretation of the King James Version. Just saying. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's translated from King James. Uh, but there are biblical texts that are translated from the original Aramaic and Greek. And I don't know which ones those are off the top of my head, but I do know they exist. And why this is cool. I did not know that. Yeah. So, uh, I think having the closest translation to the original text gives you better tools to discern what you're trying to get from the scriptures. So there, you know, let's take heaven and space. That's, that's a vastly different meaning and knowing if the original text was saying a spacecraft or a stargate, if you will, uh, as opposed to like heavens or angels or whatnot is, you know, would vastly change how people interpret it today. But I feel like no matter what you do, when you have any kind of Holy scripture that's saying, this is the right way, this is the truth. You're going to have people that try to craft their own narrative around that to make that. Cause you can, I can make any piece of scripture speak any way I want. Yeah. I, I was going to, uh, as a joke, preach a sermon, but use the dictionary. As, as scripture, because it's like, <laughs> oh, well, that's just all about pastor voice. Once you get your pastor voice on, you can make anything sound like meaningful and 
it's it's all public speaking. I knew a kid that I mean, I, I to prove a point. You can when I was at Christian College because I went to, to Christian College for two years. Terrible school. Never go. Uh, I won't name it because I don't. You know. <laughs> But I had a friend that he's pastor voice for everything. So, you, you know, you'd be talking about how you cut your hand on a, on a Coke can or something like that. You know, he'd be like, this Coke can, this Coke can has cut your hand. And, you know, and you get these fluctuations where you go up and down and know when to get passionate. I mean, I I that. That's a, I mean no, but that's like exhausting to be around. I mean, like I, I'm, yeah. I'm around a lot of comics and when they can't turn it off, it's like, I don't, <laughs> this, this guy is not my friend anymore. That is the the quietest I've ever been. It's in a room full of comics. (laughs) It's more exhausting to have them turn it on and off, though. I'd rather have somebody have it on all the time, be like, that's just the way you are, rather than see them be normal around me and then get in front of an audience and just turn that pastorness up because it's it's disingenuous. Yeah. Um, I liked Alex. Okay. Oh, sorry. Good. No, no. No. Finish your thought. Oh, I just, I lucked out because I came from a family of passionate speakers that are always on. <laughs> so, because they really believe it down to the core. They believe absolutely everything they're speaking about. Well, but here's the thing. So I'll watch Shark Tank and uh, I don't know if you guys watch Shark Tank or not, but Shark Tank has developed this weird um, society of people who think that pitching an idea is going, what's up, sharks? I'm this and I'm this. And, and, and it's a very stilted way of talking. And they think that like, that's how you do a presentation when I feel like it's super off-putting. Yeah. Oh, it is. A good pastor will make you think he's making everything up on the spot, that everything that's hitting him is hitting him from pure joy and passion in that moment. I mean, it's exactly like stand-up, right? Yeah. That's why yeah. people think that stand-ups are just riffing the whole time. Like, because if you're good at stand-up, you act like it's the first time you've ever said yeah. anything. And you'll know when to pause. You'll know when to... to yeah bring it up, yeah. you know, when to bring it down. Uh, it's, but let's go back because yes. you're from this. First of all, what religion is your family? I and grew up. What, well, what, what, what is this? No, no, what, I just like, just tell us a little bit, bit about that and then go all the way up to like why you are now in this state of flux. Ah, well, I, um, I grew up Baptist and apparently the Baptist I grew up with is different than most other Baptist churches because we were allowed to dance and hang out and do all this other stuff. And I heard every time I'd share that at school, people would be curious if I was allowed to dance. I don't know why. That's how I roll. The Southern Baptists are the strict, strict ones. Yeah. Go yeah. on. But, um, so we were as a part of the same church for 24 years and then we switched to non-denominational, uh, when I was like 15 years old. So, um, because we were about, I grew up in a, in a spiritual function where, church was about relationships and we actually got asked to leave our church because we, my father wasn't preaching about, um, you know, do good works, go to heaven, find Jesus, be good. It's Jesus is about a living relationship. So it's, you can't lose grace. You can't, you know, he was, he was borderline saying hell is irrelevant. There is no hell. Don't worry about hell. It's not about hell. It's about a living relationship with a parental God figure. So just like if you, you know, if it's your kid's birthday, you don't give him a present because you're going to get punished for it. You give it to it as an act of love. And so everything in your life should be an act of love and not a fear of retribution. Um, and then I made this great mistake of going to a Christian college because uh, they were the people that accepted me. 
uh, <laughs> literally gave me an acceptance letter. I'm like, you know what? Done. Did no research into the school, had no idea what it was, <laughs> and it was Christian Missionary Alliance, which is all about... Wait, hang on real quick. Where are you yeah. from? I'm from San Diego. <laughs> okay. So, so was this a was this like a regional Christian college located around you? No, this was in Redding, California, and it had a is campus of about. I don't know where Redding yeah, is. It's right before Wairika up north. So it's Wairika. like Wairika. What's that? I've never heard that. So name you have before. Oregon, and then you've got Redding, okay. and uh, <laughs> it's got a million Christian colleges. And the one I went to had a campus of about fifteen hundred kids. Um, and I took time off after high school. So I was 21 when I went in as a freshman, surrounded by 17 year old homeschool kids that had just gotten out of a very strict homeschool environment into no, a very strict school. Party, party. Any other university, you are the most popular kid because you can buy them all beer. Yeah. yeah. Here? No. Oh, right. <laughs> not at all. I knew a kid that uh, he was 25 and he got caught drinking a beer. Uh, not even on campus. It wasn't even during like a semester. A teacher saw him, uh, turned him in, and he had to do 20 hours of community service and then show up for once a week counseling for the rest oh of the school year. God. Oh my God. Uh, Fucking. But yeah. like beer is. So even <laughs> beer. It, like beer is bad? Uh, it depends on what denomination, but with this yeah. specific school, they wouldn't allow drinking. They wouldn't allow dancing. They wouldn't allow, uh, they timed, if they saw you hugging your girlfriend, they timed how long you hugged her. Oh uh, my God. We had open what, was dorms. The, wait, what was the limit? How long could you be hugging your ten girlfriend? 10 seconds. You could have a 10 second hug. <laughs> wow. I was I stopped once. I've had a nice Anything more, hug. you might get a boner. <laughs> yeah, but here's the fun part. I knew three girls in the first year that got pregnant and then married because the the lack of uh, sexual education at that place was astounding. Like yeah. they thought, you know, if you if you went out and bought a condom just to have it, if you had it on you, you were in your mind planning on having sex. And so if you knew you're going to have sex with your girlfriend and you had a condom, that means you planned ahead. It was like premeditated murder. It's but, pre-crime. It's pre-crime. But if you don't have Tom, a condom... Tom Cruise is going to show up. Uh, Tom, <laughs> Tom Christ will show up and uh, bust yeah, you. Yeah. But oh, if you don't have a condom on exist, you... Right? If you don't have a condom on you, you can just give in to the thrills of passion and say like, oh man, we just put ourselves in a situation. That exact thing happened to my freshman roommate in college. Not a religious college, but a very religious person who, you know... Uh, succumbed to temptation and like had sex with a girl. It, it didn't impregnate her, but like felt super bad about it. Yeah. It's, it's pretty fascinating um, how they make sex feel because they, they make, they, they tell you to get attached to somebody emotionally only. Right. So you can get to know somebody emotionally and pour all of your vulnerability and your emotions in someone, but you can't express it physically in any way. And so you tie your worth to your sex life. So if you have any kind of sexual encounter, uh, at least for me, I was made to feel like my worth as a person was lowered because of it. And yeah. in the eyes of God. <laughs> wow, that's is, so weird because when I hear that, I'm like, yeah, that, that was me most of my life, you know? It's like, fuck, no. Well, it's it's also the opposite of the rest of like cool bro American society, <laughs> which is just like, I gotta fuck everything. <laughs> Dude, I had a I had a friend recently that uh, uh, we were, we were texting and he was like he was like man I 
I can't believe how much sex we had in high school. And I was like, uh, I, I didn't have any sex in high school. Like wh- what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was there, man. I did have sex in high school and denied it. I was, I was like, Oh, I haven't had sex. I've never had sex. I never did this because by admitting that I did, I lost something. And the worst is you take something from somebody else and that's where they get you. If you just hurt yourself, it's fine. Like you can deal with that later. But if you are made to feel like you're taking something from your partner and that they'll never get back again. So you're not only now a a perverted piece of shit, but you're a thief as well. Who's stealing these moments from other people. I don't understand like who, like this has to be, I I, I can't understand like how this how this religion how this viewpoint could could actually sustain itself because like who grows up and and still puts that on like that shame on somebody that seems like the worst thing to do as like a parent or like right like it, but you you do it to yourself because you believe yeah so you you believe it you wholeheartedly believe it and people find their way to this, even not having been raised in it, you know? So they'll, they'll think that, okay, I've accepted Christ. And you're like, great. Now that you've accepted Christ, you cannot do this. You cannot do that. You cannot do this. So you can't have sex. You can't have all of these things. And don't get me wrong. They're having sex. Like there's no shortage of premarital sex in the church. Like you're doing it right. And they're just taking all the shame with it. And the church sometimes on purpose, but most of the time, not even intentionally wields shame like a weapon. If we're going to talk supernatural weapons, I think the most powerful one in the Bible is shame. Yeah. Because you created an entire. It's the equivalent to nationalism because they make you fight yeah. for, for them without them having to do anything. It's weird because when you get into what any Bible is trying to teach versus how you take it into your life it's like they're different animals well i i, I don't know well no okay hang on if you don't have a point yeah i don't know <laughs> i'm sorry not to call you out i didn't mean to call you out that was the meanest thing i didn't mean that i didn't I'm mean like, that so how, how did you get where'd you how'd you get to your turmoil or your your yeah all right well i i went to i left school because there was an incident this school uh that did not involve me although i was i was on my way out because they used to go to force you to go to chapel through two, three, two out of three times a week. And they had this like creepy guy holding a cardboard sign that says, welcome home. And they have scanners that scan your ID card. And then you would go and you would listen to whatever bull crap testimonies you're hearing. And I say bull crap because I went to way too many of them where it's the same repetitive thing where it's like, this is how I came to Jesus. And at the time I was very religious. So I had a problem with, okay, we're here. We're already, we already joined. So we already love Jesus feed us, like give us something more than just how do we come to Jesus? And I stopped going when they tried to make me wash people's feet because they wanted everybody in the, in the group to wash each other's feet as a sign of humility. Cause that's, you know, it's, it's only humility if you're not being told to do it in front of everybody. (laughs) It defeats the whole thing. Yeah, you're right. It's not humility (laughs) if you're forced to do it. Yeah. Um, So after I voted myself most humble, I left. Uh, But (laughs) there was a a girl that got kicked off of campus because she met a guy on MySpace and it turned out to be a bad situation with this dude. But all the whole school was talking about it. There was just little groups of people. And I was living off campus at the time. And I showed up and, and this girl got disowned by her parents, kicked out of school, 
had nowhere to go and was living with this dude. And a couple weeks later, uh, this buddy of mine, who's kind of like a bulldozer of a man, uh, has this little girl with him and knocks on my door and she's like 17. Uh, but she's small in comparison to Will. And he had got a call from her, had to kick down the door of this guy's place to get her out. And then the only place he had left to go, cause the school wouldn't let her back on campus. Her parents wouldn't talk to her. Nobody was there to help her was, my buddy and I like two bedroom shit bachelor pad, which smelled and was, you know, it was just, it was a terrible yeah. situation. So we ended up finding a different place for her to live, but the school uh, had a chance and an opportunity to really say, Hey, we're going to back up what we're talking about. Yeah. And, and they decided their image was more important than the life of a 17 year old girl. And they assume that anybody that makes a mistake, even at that age is just going to be kicked out of school and not worth more or further investment because it looks bad on them. And so I quit the school and went to film school in LA and I hadn't, I'd never drank before or anything like that and got pretty into the like, Oh my gosh, I can just go to a bar, have drinks, maybe have sex. This is great. I'm in heaven. Everything is great. Uh, until that shame came in and you know, the, the, the shame just starts eating away at you and at the time there was some deep family stuff I can't really share. And our church was kicking us out, uh, you know, 24 years. They're saying we're not allowed to be there anymore because we're saying, Hey, there's a problem with the system. We need to fix it because this is supposed to be about relational living. This is supposed to be yeah. about a relationship with God. And we're making it about the politics of church. And, um, I ended up getting dumped by a, a girlfriend who said I wasn't spiritual enough and said I was using her for sex, but we never had sex. So that was a fun, <laughs> fun moment. Uh, and that's another pre-crime. She, she talked to Tom <laughs> Price. <laughs> so I, I, you know, that caused me to just stop going to church altogether, but I still, I still believed. And then I, you know, the Catholic church system felt like, you know, you, you, the stuff about the priests really came out about the rape yeah. and the molestation. Yeah. And the, the, there is this feeling of like, and I'm not Catholic and I, you know, but I had this moment where if I still, if I believe the Pope is the word of mouth of God and he's covering up rape and child rape right. and these things, then by, by continually practicing Catholicism, I am therefore co-signing that decision because I am still, acknowledging that man as the mouthpiece of Christ. Yeah. Mother. And, you know, and then I started reading more stories just about the, the Christian church, not the Catholic church, but, but our, our church. And I read this particular story about a pastor. I got to look it up and find out what his name is. Uh, when he was a youth pastor, got a 15 year old girl, drove her home, uh, coerced her into performing fellatio on him. And, told her not to tell anybody. She told the senior pastor the next day, the senior pastor said he'd take care of it. Uh, and that youth pastor had was then uh, never reprimanded or anything and eventually became the senior pastor of the church. The girl said, Hey, uh, I'm telling everybody what you did. So he got ahead of it. And during a sermon, shared the story, shared what happened, that he did that cried, did the whole performative uh, experience, you know, like the tears, the regretfulness, the I need forgiveness. Christ is all about forgiveness. And he got a standing ovation. There was zero accountability. People love the redemption story. Wow. And at that moment, I remember reading that story. I was like, I don't, I don't need to be a part of this anymore. I don't need to be a part of, of whatever this machine is now. 
because yeah. I signed up for love, forgiveness, for patience, for integrity. And for me, that's the biggest one is integrity. And they, yeah, they, the, the, the hopeful version of spirituality through religion is so hopeful that it's hard to admit that anything's going wrong with anything. No. It's easy to say, well, it's just those individuals. It's not the whole system. But the whole system made those individuals. It's the system that put them out. It's the system that got that guy to be a, lead, a head pastor, a senior pastor. Um, and I was done with that system and still am done with that system. So, so now that you're in this state of flux, like what, 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 what is it? You're, are you, are you like, are you, you still, you still believe in God and everything like that. And you're just struggling with like the, the, uh, the, um, organized religion aspect of it. Well, I, I believe in God and I, I believe that religions, you know, they have elements in each one. And I, I think like each one has like a percent of something. Right. You know, and if you combine them all, you still don't have the big picture. Because for me, I I believe there's something else out there because I can't fathom something that's infinite. When I try to think of something that doesn't have a beginning, my brain breaks. It just doesn't comprehend that being possible. It has to have a yeah. beginning because I have a beginning. And so because I can't think outside that box, I there has to be something outside that box. And I, I see it almost like a video game where – the character inside the video games that we play cannot fathom a world outside of it because this is the boundaries that it's been created in. And we have boundaries. And based on those boundaries, I believe there's something else out there. And so if I am to look at a Christian God and say, you know, your omnipotence is what, it's what throws me. Because you look at everything that's in the world and as a dungeon master, I can, I can make all the conflicts in a game go away. I can make, Every character's wildest dreams come true. You know, they'll go in and be like, you have the sword of winning. Everybody's happy. There's no bad things, right? And every bad thing that happens, even if it's the character's decision, is my fault because I can stop at any time. So when I look at an omnipotent God, that God can do anything, right? God exists outside of time. So that God is walking with you as a baby at the same time as he's walking with you now, and he's with you on the deathbed. Think Dr. Manhattan. All, all simultaneously. And so kid has mouth cancer because born mouth cancer, God's fault. Hurricane Katrina, God's fault. You know, some guy with a gun murders your family, God's fault. And until I grasp how I feel about that, <laughs> that's where I'm at. That's where I'm locked. Like how to, cause whether I, I, I agree with, with God or not is irrelevant if God exists doesn't matter what I think of God, you know? Yeah. Yeah. My, so you're you know, in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. You know, what's weird is um, um, to piggyback off of that. Like I, I, my whole thing is the biggest reason why I am upset with, with the religions of the world is because they've all made excuses for everything to be the way that it is now. Meaning the whole fucking all the leaders of the world, I'll say all, <laughs> the major ones, they're all fucking corrupt. And, and all of the, the injustices that are happening and all of the, 
the people that are dying be, basically because of the small few. You know, when you look at the 99% versus the 1%, sure, there's this wealth distribution that's bullshit. But there's also, along with that, this distribution of, of death. And I say that because when you look at a corporation that, that doesn't take responsibility for all of these cancer-causing agents because they didn't do enough research, you know, I throw that on the same page. And most of these big companies are... And this is dumb. This is dumb blanket bullshit. But <laughs> and I, I I get it. But but you know, take take companies like giving people cancer, and then take children starving all over the world, and it's like uh, uh, take even even you know the, the the situations that churches have to do something positive. All of well, all of well, when together, you speak about go on. Oh, well, no, when you speak about, um, like, all the leaders being corrupt and stuff like that, uh, it's just, I just watched this movie. It's from 2006, and, like, it was it was apt at the time, but it's become even more prescient. Uh, it's, it's called Jesus Camp, and it was about the evangelicals sort of, like, taking over, um, basically, the conservative party, and, like, it was uh, yeah. George, George W. Bush, and, like, and now you've got oh my god i mean they you've believe, got trump they believe that trump is the is the, is christ's choice and it's a, so a lot of obvious like, that yeah. he is like not a christian he's he's like clearing people out with tear gas so they can pose with a fucking bible in front of a church and it's like how do they not see through this and it's because they're so fucking brainwashed and it's right? because the, the pope is more corrupt than any politician and he's saying that Trump is not is probably not a, a real Christian, you know. So it's like, oh my God, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> well, look, look at look at when you when you tie success to wealth, and that's it. All he needs to say is, "I'm rich from business, and I believe in Jesus, and you guys are great, and white people are awesome." Like that's the whole yeah. platform he has to cover. Because yeah, totally. if, if you are if you are a white militant Christian. And you were afraid of change because a lot of people think that by equality happening, you know, if everybody's suddenly treated equal, your rights are less somehow. Because when you sit on yeah. the top of the mountain and now everybody's on top of the mountain, that top of the mountain doesn't have as great a view, you know, and that mentality scares a lot of people. And so when you have somebody saying that you have a right to be scared, you, you know, you're absolutely right to be scared, then they're going to back him. All of, all of your fears become realized when the leader of the country is 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 telling you to be afraid. Holy fuck! Because it's it's validating that, and he's he's again he's co-signing the ignorance, and, and all and, the yeah. followers love I mean, it. Here, here's the thing: is that like I hate to say that because I'm not saying that I am smarter or better than anybody that's in a religious. I have to throw that out there because I'm like, listen, I'm not saying that. You need to, you'll, you know, when you break out of it, you become smarter. Everyone's, everyone's search for their own spirituality is a magical thing that everyone should be doing. And I'd rather have you searching for it than to ignore it. You have to look at the corruption, not even, the, not even of your current pastor. It's so much deeper than that because, because of the Council of Nicaea, because of the King James Version, because of these old institutions that were 
trying to rule a people and they figured it out. And well, so, and so people want to be good. Doctors want to save lives. I'm paralleling this whole thing with doctors because when a doctor says, hey, this is good for you, you should do this. Also, I get kickbacks from it. But, um, and then they find out later that it's bad. They didn't believe it was bad when they were trying to get their kickbacks. No, and, and I... It's just like, hey, this is good, and I get free money. It's not because of the money. It's because no. you have to prescribe, prescribe something. I'm just saying that like, like doctors, like, like people in church, they, and a lot of people, they want to be good people. Yeah, and, and but, ignorance isn't meaning you're, isn't a, a lack of intelligence, and not everybody in a religion is bad, and religions aren't all bad. But if you go into a religion blind, and they tell you blind faith, when you really adopt that mentality, you don't, you stop searching. You're no longer searching. Yeah, yeah, you have said, it. this is the truth. I'm going to stand on this truth. And because I know somebody that says I'm not open-minded because open-mindedness means you're not standing on your truth. And yeah. that misses the point because Jesus, if you read all of his exploits was the most open-minded person in the world. He's See, that's like, the thing. when you look at what, what the, so, so like everything that I learned from, from the scriptures is so different from what the church was teaching. And I was just like, my, the biggest reason why I stepped away from anything is because anytime I had a question that I thought was valid, I just, you, when you justify your answer with, with your beliefs and tell me that I'm wrong, it's not, it's not that I'm wrong. It's just that like, you won't listen. You don't accept being questioned. And so it, it's just like nationalism. No, 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 no. Questioning everything makes everything better in every situation. I think I think it's, it mostly comes down to brainwashing and indoctrination. And like we've all been brainwashed. Like you can't be raised, you can't be raised by people and not be brainwashed in a certain way. And I think like growing up is like questioning that indoctrination and, and brainwashing. And that's why there's so many fights during Thanksgiving, right? Because you start thinking for yourself, and then you and then you fight with your uncle or your dad or whatever, and so, like, at the heart of it all, I think regardless of how you were raised, it's, it's, you need to at some point say, has everything been taught to me? Like, is any of it true? And, like, do your own kind of research, right? Yeah. Well, I, think, I think when you're, when you're coming at faith, there's several different ways to do it. And, like, right now it took me 31 years to figure out how to how to ask the right questions of myself what do i want what makes me happy what and you know what is is there a god what does god want if there is a god does god want anything and when you're in the church you're taught that the bible is all of those answers so you you hear what your words are from god right you have this dialogue with god and you confirm it with scripture and what you hear from God won't contradict what scripture says, even though scripture contradicts itself all the time. Um, and for me, I, I realized very quickly that it is an exchange that you're making with faith. And you're, you're, you're saying you'll have my devotion blindly. You give me salvation. And that's, that's the big exchange. And the price that people are willing to pay for that exchange is other people's lives. A lot of times. Like yeah. you look at the crusades, you look at oh. uh, the way homosexuals and the LGBT community in general has been treated till this day by the church. You look at 
how anybody that has even premarital sex, and again, everybody will say, but not all churches. (laughs) There are exceptions to the rule, but as a whole, the church was founded on blood. They pride themselves on it. You take communion every, every week or every month or every time they want to. It's just some thoughts. And, 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 when you, when you break Christianity down, Jesus stood for forgiveness and love. Those were the standing points, forgiveness and love. And the church doesn't practice that with people yeah. If, yeah. unless that fits into the box that they've constructed. If you don't fit into the box they've constructed and use the Bible to enforce, then you don't have a place there. And that's why you have a thousand different dominations because you find a way to place there. (laughs) I watched this documentary of this black man who was a Mormon. And the whole documentary was in the book of Mormon. It says that black people can't get into their heaven. And so the whole idea was, why are you, why are you going to this church? (laughs) It was, it was great. Let's take a quick break. Uh, and then when we come back, we'll get into these these uh, supernatural weapons, right? And what they <laughs> yeah, can actually yeah. be. We've got to get into. I think it. we've yeah, done yeah. enough. We've done enough theology. We've done our homework, and now we can get into uh, uh, weird sci-fi stuff. Willie Bad Movies presents D and A Park. You're never gonna believe what I did, Cletus. Marlon, you made dinosaurs from the DNA? <laughs> wow, unbelievably shocking. Where did you get the DNA from, Marlon? I found some in my tar pit. I'm still making more. Plus, I got that old alligator. Sounds pretty dangerous, Marlon. No way. Anything can be safe with the proper fence. A film that started long before man. Wow, is that a real dinosaur? It's so big. Does a tree fall in the woods? But man's greatest discovery quickly turns into their worst nightmare. Someone betrayed me. All of the gates are open. I bet this gets my park closed down. Damn it. DNA Park. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Real Life Sci-Fi. We're talking to our friend Brooks Fairley about supernatural weapons in the Bible. Willie, you want to lead us off and give us... uh, Listen, I know so little about the Bible. I don't even know what that term means. Within the Bible, there there aren't too many, but there are certain instances that like have a supernatural element to it. Starting from the beginning with um, Adam and Eve. Um, Adam and Eve, they're in the Garden of Eden. They say not to eat any of the fruit. The serpent tempts Eve. She eats an apple. They get kicked out. And then God gives an angel a flaming sword to guard the Garden of Eden with. The craziest thing about this idea is that this flaming sword that can move in, in, in every direction. It says a cherub. A cherub is given this sword to guard the Garden of Eden with. Well, who the fuck is he guarding the garden from? Adam and Eve from them getting back in, and he's got a flaming sword. And so that says that this sword was built by either God or in the he- in heaven, not on earth. It's not a man-made thing. And so the, f- the first thing, the first weapon out there is a flaming sword to guard the Garden of Eden. 
what the fuck does that mean? Is it, if this is a moral story, you know, that just is like, so, hey. Well, okay, but do you mean what does that mean literally? Like, are we, should we be guessing? I, you know, I think so because, because, because my question is for, for interpretation purposes, if this is, because like the, the Baptist church that I went to took the Bible literally. And so I got into a big debate that Jonah may have been swallowed by a whale. And they're like, no, it says big fish. And I'm like, well, that's an interpretation. And they didn't have Darwin's classification system. So it could have been a whale. No, 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 no. The Bible says it was a big fish. And I'm like, and we'll get into that too, because that's a, that's a supernatural story there too. So, so if you take the literalness of it, there's a description of a flaming sword that can go in every direction. Wait, so what sword can't go in every direction? Are there swords yeah. that can just go north and south? I don't know. I, I think the meaning might be if he's just holding the sword, it does, he doesn't have to swing his arm, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't think about that. To me, it was, it was um, I kind of skip over me trying to figure it out half the time and I come up with shit and I'm like, well, I kind of think that there are elements of the Bible that are referring to the, the celestial bodies. The son of God being dying and coming back, could that be the, the star during the, you know, the uh, winter solstice going away for a while and then coming back and Lucifer uh, translating to the bringer of light and Lucifer could be Venus in that realm. When I, when I consider that realm, I'm not saying I believe that, but I consider it. Could a flaming sword that goes every direction... Could that be, uh, if you're looking at the heavens and trying to make stories or anything, could that be shooting stars guarding Adam and Eve back to the heavens? That's, that's one interpretation that I consider. It could just be the North Star, right? Uh, or, or just any bright star that sort of like shoots off in every direction. Like with the, I mean, you wouldn't be able to see it with the naked eye though. With the light rays, you know, that makes sense. It you does. know, when, uh, when you put a filter on your camera and then the all the, the lens all the lights, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> put lens flare in the hands of the angel. Guard the guard and be. I'm into it. JJ <laughs> Abrams was really J. J. excited. <laughs> yeah, he just he abused the shit out of it. He fucking yeah. pressed the spam button on that one. And don't swords always just point the way you're pointing at them? So they don't always go any direction you take them. They they go where you take them. You know. Yeah. So the swords always pointed basically forward unless you shift the sword in a different direction. So if you have a sword that goes every direction, it's like having a million blades all around. Yeah. I feel like a sword that goes in every direction would be a shield, right? (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that like, obviously to me, this translation, they could try again. Well, is that that King James? Yeah. Uh Now that one, that one's, a fun one. So I don't know. That's that's written in Genesis. There's not much more to that. He's got a cherub guarding the Garden of Eden. Uh, I don't believe for a second that you know the Garden of Eden story is supposed to be literal. If I can be brutally yeah, well, honest yeah. with that, yeah, that that's the thing. Is that like 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 it's it's not like other books of the Bible that are more I don't know historical sounding, like Judges or you know Genesis is because then then you have to get into the like. All right, so Adam and Eve had Cain and Abel, who also had wives. Where did the wives come from? Yeah, Where yeah. did all the rest of civilization come from? Was God just making civilization everywhere else but the Garden of Eden? And then, you know, he put a, a gate guardian to 
to gate check people that want to eat more fruit because it's it's symbolic. And, that and man, who's he who's he guarding it from? Just those two people that have because it clearly wasn't Satan, was it? Yeah. Satan was chilling it. Now is Satan is that who? It's like Satan. We caught you. Get the fuck out of the garden. So Satan leaves the garden, and now you got the angel with the flaming sword. And Satan's like, well, there's an angel with a flaming sword. Can't get back in. But why would he need to go back in if he's already fucked the world so bad? Yeah. <laughs> Also, what's up with this angel? Does he need to eat? Can he go in? And, no, and, no. Uh... <laughs> so let me just, I mean, you know, whatever. The next one that I'm going to get into are the staffs of both Moses and his brother, Aaron. Aaron. Whoa, Moses had a brother and his name was Aaron? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What yeah, a loser. It, just getting to, to David's genealogy. He's got like four brothers, three brothers all with these crazy names that I forget. And then you go like, and this is Bob. I mean, yeah. David. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Moses's staff. Moses, the, the, uh, uh, the great. Moses <laughs> what are the you great. For? No, I know. I know. I'm like, I'm trying to think of like, do I need to summarize Moses right now? No, fucking yeah. everyone knows Moses. Moses, <laughs> Moses might as well be Aesop's, you know, like, okay, good, good. Moses's staff produced water from a rock. Moses Moses was supposed to speak to the rock and the rock would would provide everyone with water. Moses he didn't follow what God said and he didn't speak to the rock. And so but he just hit the rock with his staff and water started coming out of it. So he kind of like he jerked off the rock. Well yeah, I mean the thing is it's like he, this is him not believing in God at the moment. You know, he's like fuck you, I'm not going to talk to this rock and he hit it with his staff and then water started coming out. Is a bold okay. statement if you've already heard God talking to you and setting bushes on fire and <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, this, you know, this, like this message that's where came. I draw the line. I know a, that you're setting bushes on fire and speaking omnipotently, but uh, Moses was the original comment section commenter who yeah, refuses <laughs> to believe the other side. Like, dude, this burning bush, fuck you. I'm not going to talk to that rock. What the fuck? Who the fuck are you again? Yeah, right. Prove it to me. <laughs> Cite your sources. <laughs> What are you just Googling this shit? Yeah. Um, this staff, which uh, was, is also translated as a rod in the King James Version, uh, he raised his arms up and it parted the seas. Whether you believe it's Moses or the staff, just saying that like he was holding his staff when the seas were parted. So there's that. Some people think that Aaron's, that there's a debate out there between religious scholars that says that. Aaron's rod could have been Moses's rod. Aaron's staff could have been Moses's staff. There's this moment where Aaron is speaking to these kings and he throws his staff down on the ground and it turns into a snake. And that was him trying to prove that he had divinity behind him, you know, and all of these leaders, I don't know how many there were, they threw their staffs down on the ground and they also turn into snakes, but Aaron's rod snake ate all the other snakes. Sure, this sounds like a mythological story. You know, what the fuck are you talking about? This sounds like a big dick story. His snake ate all the others. He was trying to prove that God was behind him by throwing his staff on the ground and it turned to a snake. And then these other guys threw their fucking staffs on the ground and turned to a snake. I know I'm repeating myself. I'm just saying that, like, what the fuck? <laughs> Wait, so are we? what are we doing here? Are we supposed to be thinking of what these could actually be? Well, I, I'm just saying that, like, here is this weird 
Well, it, it's it's the equivalent of me saying like, "What is Zeus's lightning bolt? Like, what could that yeah, possibly yeah. be?" To to take it out of the context of scripture, it could be anything that we want it to be. If you're arguing that, okay, let's assume that scripture is literal and accurate. What are these What are these rods? If we're saying, I mean, without context, we can make up anything we want about what these rods are. And well, really, see, that's the thing. Is that like I, you know, I I tell you. The church I went to was literal translation. So yeah, if we want to go literal, I have to refer to the Prince of Egypt starring Val Kilmer. Um, I'm just kidding. Although it's yeah, I was like, what is that a movie? Have you not seen the animated Prince of Egypt? Uh, no musical epic tale of Moses. They cut Aaron like completely out. He was played by Jeff Goldblum. He has two lines. It's great. Oh, weird. doesn't matter because technically it's God doing all of that work in these scenarios. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. The staff could be anything. It's not the weapon. It's it, God is the weapon. God is the one that's like boom snake, and it's based on the faith of the man. So, but then, why would God turn a staff into a snake when the ah, snake no. is the enemy? Right? Because God, well, the snake is not the enemy. No, uh, man, snakes are the enemy. We all know it. <laughs> it's the serpent is the devil. The, the the reason Aaron is going there is he's he's trying to throw down with Ramses to free. Uh, yeah, it was fucking Ramses, right? Right. It was it was the Pharaoh Ramses, who is the Moses is the adopted brother of Ramses, right? So Aaron shows up and he's like, "Boom! Here's God's power." snake because Aaron believes God will turn the staff into a snake. And then the Pharaoh's like, yo, magic guys, what the fuck was that? Can we do that? And they're like, uh, yeah. And they're magicians. They've got a few stick like tricks. So the idea is that one is the real power of God. And the other one is mm. snakes that are in tubes in a cane or something. You know, it's like, it's a parlor trick versus the might of God. So the I snake see. eating the other snakes is showing like, it's a, it is a dick measuring contest. It's the mic drop moment. And then even in that story, they just brush it off. They don't even see that as power, no, which is so funny. It, that whole, the whole point of that is to show Ramsey's heart hardening. Cause it even says God hardened his heart. So after every miracle, his, his boys would be like, Oh, water, blood into water or water into blood. Boom, we can do that too. And so that's why it gets to the escalation of God going, I'm going to kill all the firstborn in Egypt. Yeah, yeah, because they, they, these staffs, uh, basically this stuff leads to all the plagues of Egypt. Yeah, because the staffs aren't the, they're not the PowerPoint. They're the, they're the receptacle. They're the, God's the PowerPoint. And that's and so, what you're going to find with every weapon in the biblical context. So um, I only bring all this up, and it's weird because I need to get into horns. But first, this leads us to uh, – sh- sure, there's, there's stories of this um, Aaron uh, leaving his, his staff in the ground overnight and then the next day it, it bearing fruit and all these other people left their staffs in the ground and didn't bear fruit. Whatever that story is, whatever. Um, just saying that, like, there are stories that this staff was kept – in the Ark of the Covenant. So the Ark of the Covenant is the real supernatural weapon of the Bible that we need to get to. So this thing, sure, the Ark, people have been searching it for it forever. They don't know what the fuck it is. Within the Bible, there are exact plans on how to build one. See, this is where Indiana Jones lost me because I, the only Ark that I know is um, Noah's Ark. Uh, Noah's, yeah, sorry. Noah's Ark which is a boat. I don't, all these, 
I don't. What's the definition of an arc? Like what? <laughs> what the fuck is an arc? So the arc was where Moses's staff was allegedly kept. It was also where the Ten Commandments were. The Ten Commandments kept. were in there. Yeah. Yeah. And it was kept in a place called the Holy of Holies in the temple that was built. And only the priests could go into the temple and go in to see the Holy of Holies. And anybody that wasn't a priest would die. And if you, if they got too close, if you touched the ark, you died. Yeah, you died. A lot of like emphasis and lore has been put on the ark. I've heard the, like, is it an engine for, for aliens? Is it, like and that, and you get too close, and you die of radiation sickness. And what is it? Even? Well, Real? yeah, yeah. See, see, that's the thing: is there are stories of people getting too close and having the exact same thing that would happen to you if you had radiation poisoning. People have tried to rebuild the Ark of the Covenant, right? Well, let me get into this story first. I should get into the battle, the, the Jericho first, right? Just to explain. I have two shofars. If you want me to grab one, what's that? Shofar, the trumpets of Jericho. Oh, you do? Yeah, yeah, I got one. I blew it over the Black Lives Matter protest outside our house. It was pretty awesome. Uh, go get it. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, 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 it's cool. Keep going. I'll be right back. So, so the, the, I'll just quickly go over to the Battle of Jericho, right? This is the Israelites. They were taking over this place called Canaan. Basically, they were told by God to march one time they had these big walls built around this place. They were told to march around the walls once every day for six days. And on the seventh day, they marched around, and they would blow their horns also. On the seventh day, they marched around seven times, and they're carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And on the seventh day, they march around seven times, they blow their horns, and then the walls crumble down. The walls of the city break. And so here's a weird thing where it's like, did the horn? What would the, what did the marching do with the Ark of the Covenant? A and B. Did the horns have any sort of weird vibrational power to them? You know, like a supernatural power to the horns. So, and and end of the story, they they went in and they killed every man, woman, and child in that city, including the sheep, the ox, and the donkey, in the name of God. Just saying, is a weird fucking. Whether this is a moral story, if you take it literal, whatever. They marched around with the Ark of the Covenant and they blew their horns and the walls crumbled down to the city. Hey, let's see that horn. That was Joshua at the Battle of Jericho, I believe, right? Yep. Oh, so this okay. So it's, is a kudu like a, shofar. They come in all various sizes, wow, different animal horns, dude, things like that. Huge. And so uh, these he, are. He has a horn. It, it, what, what's the animal that it's from? It's a kudu horn. Kudu. What, I, I've never even heard of kudu before. It's a fucking yeah. magical. This looks like a mythical curvy. Wait, a kudu, like a kudu is an animal? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. So this would be like doing one of these on its. It's on like its fucking. Heads, it's you know? so big. It's like five. Is that five feet? Four feet? Uh, this is this is uh probably three and a half feet. And mm-hmm. I have I have two of them, and they're from the same animal. And it's cool because uh, there's this guy. That my because my father got really into shofars for a really long time, so we had these everywhere, all over the house. And uh, he found this guy that he would send raw horns to, and he would make the shofar and tune it for. Yeah. Him. And he was able to translate uh, Hebrew into musical notes, basically. So every shofar he could tune. Oh, uh, that sh- sounded. I'll bet that sounded beautiful. Oh yeah, man. He could tune it to scripture. 
So if you so wait, can you can you blow on it, or is it going to be too loud? It'll be too loud. Uh, is there a, is there like a reed? How does it? No, no, no. It it's actually, just it's like a bugle. Here, check it out. So this is the mouthpiece. Okay. It's just a you know like a trumpet. Just a hole, basically. Did yeah. they have to drill that, or was it already there? Uh, they have to drill it out. Okay. So they would hollow out horns, and it, it sounds fantastic. If you ever look at shofar videos on YouTube or something, uh, it's amazing. So when you, if you, if you picture, you know, a thousand shofars walking around a city just with the same resounding trumpet all at once, it, it'd be terrifying. It'd be terrifying. To me, there's like a, a vibrational sound energy that could that could vibrate those walls. To break that, I mean, you know, that's. Have you ever seen Dune, the nineteen eighty four Dune with the oh, sound weapons? Same it's thing, the best. just yeah, a trumpet. Yeah. yeah, I've seen the first scene of Dune about twenty times, and that's about as far as I go. Oh, dude, it's so good. <laughs> oh come on, Dune. Dune is a fucking snooze fest. Oh, I fucking oh, honestly, dude, Dune is my Bible. <laughs> yeah, it's got more pages. <laughs> we're into the Ark of the Covenant. The people that tried to recreate the Ark of the Covenant. The, this, this is crazy because they got, um, what's that dude's name? Hutchison from Canada. Um, you ever hear this guy? He's the guy that um, could levitate bowling balls with vibrational sound energy. He's the fucking champion. Anyways, the plans for the Ark of the Covenant are, are in there. It's got to be coated in gold. And, and so basically all these people that are making this are saying like, this thing marching through the desert with the clothes that they wore would capture all of this static electricity and then become charged so that if you touched it, you would die. So just saying the people that are trying to make, make this again, that know all of the science of electricity and, and, and all this shit, they're like, yeah, if you touch this, you're going to die. I'd like to see it. Not somebody die from touching it, but I'd like to see them take it out, what they made, to a desert with, you know, several hundred people with horns. And I want to see them knock down a wall. I want to see them do it. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like the wall thing, uh, yeah, different animal. I mean, because, like, my thing is also that, like, my belief story is that the Ark of the Covenant fits perfectly within the king's chamber of the Great Pyramid. I I feel like... The Ark of the Covenant is still blown like crazy out of proportion. <laughs> I just, I just, you know, because we see it in, you know, you open it up in, in Raiders of the Lost Ark and ghosts pop out and you hear about people touching it and dying and you hear, and if I didn't want people stealing my, my, my golden box, the best way for me to do that is to tell everybody that if you touch it, you'll die. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's very easy to spread a rumor. All you have to do is walk up to somebody who believes. Especially in the time of rumor. Yeah, you can just be like, yeah, Bill died. He just sucked the life right out of him, and he collapsed on the floor. Oh, Janak Lock. You guys don't know Janak Lock? He died. You never yeah. heard of Janak Lock? <laughs> like, you can make up whatever you want. You just keep going. So you think the Ark of the Covenant was just a, a, tre- a treasure chest? Yeah, I think I think that, that again, uh, I think people will assign meaning to it. So if you have a guy that led you out of Egypt and he says, Oh, BT dub, you touch this, you die. But I'm also keeping all this golden here. If it exists to begin with, if it exists to begin with, then yeah, I don't think, 
I don't think I because it's not to go on a rabbit trail or a, a tangent, but you you look at you look at God of New Testament versus God of Old Testament, and if you're if we're arguing Bible versus Torah you acknowledge that Jesus is about peace that comes to fulfill a law. You know, he's like, I'm not here to abolish your ways, but to tell you how you got them wrong, (laughs) you know? So he's not about murder. He's not about killing. He's not about wrath. He's not about burning Sodom and Gomorrah or knocking down walls and having people sack, you know, like the only time he ever got violent was when he was flipping tables in a church because they were selling and trading on the, on the, in the temple. So I don't believe that God's going to create something so vastly holy that if, people just touch it they die <laughs> right well that's the thing is that like like within these times here is a a weapon for jesus and that's just that's a weird thing to be empowered by well god god i'm not gonna say jesus because ark of the covenant's god not jesus these guys tried to recreate it and they it's so funny because I didn't finish. I didn't finish the documentary, but I also watched. I also read this other thing of this college that tried to recreate it, and they had to stop building it because they said, "Oh, this is too dangerous for us to build," because it was char. It was charging too much energy. It was where, just, where. Where is it? Where are these schematics in the Bible? Like where? Where are they getting these schematics? Is it Exodus? I have Exodus right here. I don't know if that's referring to the plans or the well exodus is it covers all of the ark and moses stuff but the battle of jericho is in joshua i believe so so the ark is just i'm just saying though that the ark is lost in history they don't know where it's at which is funny because is there some rich collector sitting on it is there some secret society that uh because i you know your belief in what the bible is affects everything too like i think I think that there is a history that exists within the Bible. This is a collection of works. And so I think that they tailored these collections for a control over people. And so some of the, I think that some of the stories are real, some of them are moral ter- morale tales. But um, I believe that the Ark existed. They have plans to build it. People have tried to build it before. And in, uh, in, in the two cases that I saw, the college had to stop because they thought it was too dangerous. And these other people, I didn't see the ending. And that fucking sucks. If there's plans to build it, I think that it probably existed and it's and it's somewhere. Whether it, it had the Ten Commandments in it, whatever. I mean, that's the whole thing is that like... I also could be wrong about that. <laughs> I think this is all bullshit. <laughs> there's no... Well, I mean, I mean, and that... And it's, that's a fucking, just... it's a fucking box that electrocutes people? Like the... But here, here again... The, the question, let, let's say it is a, a weapon that, that electrocutes people. Why? Why, did, why, why? why was it important for an omnipotent being of God being like, you know what these bitches need? A fucking electric box. Right. You throw this down. And you know what they also need? They need horns that can knock down city walls. Like if you're going to interact that much to the point where you're building a death box and horns of sound blasting, why not just break the wall down? Why not just be like, you know what? That wall's not there anymore. I'm deleting that. As DM of the universe, like you that need wall's these, gone. You need these people to prove their faith to you in order you, to use your power. It's like, I'm not going to use my powers until you sacrifice your, you know, you need to march around for seven days. Then I'll do you it. Need, you, yeah, it's some petty bullshit. And it just sounds like, to me, Joshua got lost, right? Joshua's got this big heavy metal box. It's heating up a lot. 
he gets lost in the desert for seven days. He's like, God, I don't have a plan. Or he's, he's wandering around the streets, like blowing horns, being like, I don't have a plan. I don't have a plan. I don't have a plan. And he's just buying time for seven days until suddenly the wall collapses from disrepair. Or, you know, well, God knows how. But well, then he's like, that was me. That was God. That's it's it's did funny that. to think of, okay, if you know someone who is a habitual liar, they'll like force their lies onto you without you asking anything. And so it's funny to me to picture someone like getting credibility because they lied to a bunch of people and it worked. Not to say that that's what happened. You know, okay. I, I, I believe that the Ark of the Covenant is a real thing and that I don't know what it is, but when you listen to these, go look up John Hutchison trying to rebuild this, this thing, this documentary never oh, made it, made, never made it there, but it's really, mind you, I would love it if this shit was real. Like I would love it. It would be awesome because that means that anything goes, anything. I mean, there's no way that it's real. We're talking about building a magic item. Like that's it's covered in gold and gold is the is the best conductor of electricity with the with the least amount of lost energy. So the outside's covered in gold, the inside is insulated and then uh, cuz you also get into the in, into the fact that if I if I brought an iPhone and gave it to somebody that's never seen any kind of electricity, any powered lights or anything. And I'm just like, look at this magic thing I have in my pocket. And I play that up or I truly believe I am sent by God, for instance. You know, these guys are told you're sent by God to do this. So, of course, they believe it. Of course, that they're into it. And they're just capitalized. Like when you believe that anything becomes what God has done. So if there was an accident and a wall fell down or something, Josh is going to be like, worked, guys. It absolutely worked. So are, are you familiar with the Book of Enoch? That's one of the ones that didn't make it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so uh, the Book of Enoch is one of those ones that was accepted by early Christians, and then Council of Nicaea, they took it out. The Book of Enoch is the one that gets a lot of the – it talks about the watchers. The main story of the whole thing is this. Um, God made earth and he left these watchers behind and the watchers were supposed to watch the humans and the earth for him. And men and women were there. They started having sex, having kids. And, and these watchers started to become attracted to the women and they weren't supposed to interact with them. They had sex with the women, and the the offspring of these uh, the offspring were giants, and the giants started getting out of control because they had special the powers. Yeah, the Nephilim, and they had special powers, and they basically started eating people, and so the whole thing was that um, um, God came back and was pissed off and was like, "Fuck, man, I gotta re- I gotta reset this whole shit." So then they had the whole that's that's why the flood happened um, because I got to reset humanity and uh, to get rid of the giants to get rid of the you fuckers that you know they are supposed to be watching my people you so because they, they have they there's theorists that say that that Goliath was a nephilim that Goliath yeah, yeah. was uh, one of these half breed giants that came from angels and humans boning. Um, and so, and so, so with, w- within that story, it makes me say, this is weird because when you, 
if you try to picture an intelligent race of let's say let's say us like a million years from now let's say we survive what the fuck are we going to be you know and if you picture a, a species that lasts for a long time you're gonna have to go from planet to planet because if you're a species that outlives a star you gotta you've got to leave stars and so um when i picture that and when i apply that to the bible it makes me say like like sure they had they had, it's weird to think about special powers it's weird to think about giants being born from but i'm like oh it it almost adds a credibility to me being like yeah man uh picture pi- picture mix that all with um what ah, fuck i can't think of the word what's a simulation theory picture that yeah. all with simulation theory and you have like basically the someone having the, creating their own shit because they figured out how to make it work. And I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm in this weird world in my head that like, I believe that the, some of these things could be possible. Um, and that the, the translations, the message, all the things wrong. When you picture a God trying to take a God who's trying to teach peace and, and love everybody and then apply that to a society. Nobody makes money and nobody is in charge. The only way to be in charge and to make money is to like control that information. If we, well, it, it's because again, you go back to omnipotence. Why does an eternal non-beginning entity need to try to teach? Yeah. Why, why is there an attempt? Why not just, Oh, you guys all know humans thrive off conflict. We have to have conflict in our lives. Otherwise we get bored. That's why we play games. That's why we have to challenge ourselves. That's why we have to find conflict when we have done. So why it's a created mentality. So an omnipotent being the, the wise is more important than the how for me. Like, okay, you're a super God. You've done all these things. means you don't need to learn anything. And so, no. and so, so w- within that realm, uh, Brooks, let me just say like, that's what makes me go. Um, let's let, like when I picture a connected consciousness, the only way a connected consciousness can actually learn anything is to disconnect. And that's why the Borg is always like fascinating to me. The, like the, the, if, if everything you know is from everything that you're connected to, the only way to learn is to connect to things that you're not connected to. So how do you connect to things that you're not connected to when you're connected to everything? And my answer is you have to disconnect. Yes and no, I think. I, if I understand what you're saying correctly, because you have to, if you take the Borg analogy, when you're a part of the collective, you, have, you lose your individuality. The things that make us unique are not always the things that make us better, or the things that make us interesting aren't always the things that make us better or superior. So we almost have to downgrade ourselves to stand out. Uh, but I think in, in <laughs> lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, I just, I, I, I think that if we're going to believe in God and aliens, I, I can believe in both at the same time. If I'm going to believe that the Bible is true and take an alien contact out of context, then cool. But it still doesn't answer any real questions for me. All of that is like surface stuff for me because yeah. – the, the question still goes to why 
Like why and how? how? Like why do we exist? Why do we need to be more? I, I think somebody, well, I'll go off on another side note. I talk about that. So never mind. I'm going to have a retreat before we go on to another. There are a lot of people in the world that believe that events in the Bible happen. There are a lot of people in the world that believe that none of that happened. And so trying to listen to what the religion is, is without, without having to choose if you believe it or not. That's a, I, I mean, my whole thing is I'm trying to take in things and say, well, the way that I'm taking it in, there's no way that it's accurate. There's no way that, that the, the stories written for the Bible, you know, like if you were to write a story right now, there's no way that story wouldn't be filled with jargon that can't be translated even into the same language 50 years from now, into the same language. And so take it into a different language, and everything is different. And so, so when I, I, I think that the Bible should constantly be reinterpreted because language well, it is. changes. It is well, constantly I mean, being reinterpreted. Well, well, well listen, you, you say no, that fuck is. the Bible. Fuck the Bible. Why do you think that the Bible has any, the Bible is made up. It's, it's all bullshit. Well, listen, like, listen, no matter how no. much I agree with you, um, have, most of the world is ruled by religion. And so that Bible does matter. Yeah, because it's a tool of disinformation. Like if, if, if the people who wrote the Bible had the answers, then why would we still be here? We would have already like ascended to like a, a fucking more uh, 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 airplane enlightened, enlightened plane or something like that. Yeah. The, the Bible is disinformation. Like all of these, they're all, they're all bullshit. They're all just like to occupy your mind because they don't want you to think for yourself, right? So, uh, like, it's all, like, read the, when you read the Bible, it's like, oh, how to be a good person, mostly. I mean, that's my understanding of the Bible, having never read it. It's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, you can beat up your bully. It doesn't matter if he's bigger than you, as long as you're right or something. That's, that's my, that's well, my well, interpretation okay, of you, David you, versus Goliath. So, David... <laughs> Because you, you have to go into the two – you have two very different narratives in one book. You have the Old Testament, which is yeah, all right. pointing to Christ, and then you have Christ. You have plague God, and you have loving God. Right. And so they're two yeah, conflicting so, ideas. So who – who what crazy people out there are believing this when it's like it's refuting itself constantly? Like why would you believe any of it? Dude, dude I'm telling you. I would say I would. I don't even know any. I'm, this is me being an idiot. I would say I would say at least thirty percent of the world believes the Bible is real. No, at least. listen, I, I understand that, and I'm saying they're all stupid. But 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 if you but if you say they're all stupid, we'll never join with them. Yeah, so but we, I don't care about that. That's your thing. My <laughs> thing is my thing is thinking for myself, not getting oh. other people to think like me. <laughs> I I don't I don't think thinking for yourself and being a part of a religion is, and believing in a religion is mutually exclusive. I think, I think that for instance, I find that I think for myself a lot, which is why I got here and questioning any kind of philosophy or religion that you're ever a part of. That's what we should be doing every day. Every Christian, every Buddhist, every, uh, are there more religions than that? Yeah, <laughs> there's a few, there's a few. 
but every religion should be questioning it every day and and finding their truth every day. And they have to every every person needs every to person, be questioning yeah. everything every day like we can't trust our news source we can't trust our leaders i don't know why you would trust religion but that's that's i think one of the biggest failings of the church is they're not encouraging you to research yourself that's my thing is that like i like i feel like i I keep saying this i need to start a church i don't know what it's going to be yet but i'm like the church should be should be let's take everything in and question everything i don't know i mean i think that's a that's a class at that point that's a that's a study group uh, which is good. I mean, but you, you have to like, you have to ask one, why, why, why is, why are you studying or why are you starting a church? Why are you starting a religion? Well, why is well, this important? I'm, what, I'm going, what are you getting at? I know you're asking hypothetically, but I'm going to answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, when I think about our society, picture, picture the entire history of humans from the beginning. Okay, I got it. It's in my head. Till the, till the future. The, the only way that we can, I, I think, be, because we should be trying to be better than what is given to us in this But life. we are. Well, well, I'm just, but like, like we should actively be trying as a society to work towards a better future. But that's what I, I think. I think that's my point: is that we are trying to. I mean, we're we're in a place where. Well, who? Well, when you say that, well, keep going. Because, as a society, we have access to more information than ever before. You know, we we don't, especially in America, for the most part. You know, we don't have like the we don't die of polio anymore. For instance, we don't have the kind of needs and and we're not suffering from the scarcity that we used to be suffering from, you know, and you look at, you look at just in the Supreme court uh, recently about society moving forward by saying you can't discriminate against LGBTQ and fire them at work. That's the saddest story I've ever read. It is, but it's, it's because there were, because there were three people people that weren't, but the majority of them still did it. Like society feels really shitty right now because we're in 2020 and we're in quarantine. And I, there was also an earthquake here a couple like last week as well as protests at the same time. There's a lot of shit going on, but what do you want? Like, what are you lacking? Willie needs everyone to be on the same page immediately. Like he does not believe (laughs) in baby steps in any way. Like I think he's mad about the LGBT thing because three people didn't, it doesn't matter that it passed and that it's, you know, this historic decision. I, the only thing that matters to on him that. is that three people dissented to it. I, I'm and related you know to that John Robertson. Like, he's, like, fucking been such a piece of shit this last decade. Anyways. Uh, but the, the rage is allowed. Like, that's fine. But to say that we're not trying as a society to move forward, I feel would be a discredit to the people that are actively trying in society well, to move forward. I, well, so listen, I love, the thing is, is I'm so hopeful that I want to be hopeful and it's just not working. And so I'm like, when I picture humanity right now, who, who's actively trying to make, who's act, listen, listen, 
protesting. Mean, protesting. This is a weird time because actually now is the only time people yeah, are. Yeah, I mean, this is the worst. And also, even before this, Venezuela, fucking, you know, South Korea, uh, Hong Kong, like people are protesting constantly well, hold around on, hold the world. Hold on. The problem, though, is that like protesting means that that all most of the sheep want everything to be great. None uh, of the, dude, the reason. You won't the be, reason why no, 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 be satisfied. No, no, no. It's not about me being satisfied. It's that like, how come? Why is it that basically the whole world can be in unrest and say, "Hey, our leaders are wrong, and the leaders aren't changing." That's why I will never give up. Because, is because our our leaders aren't listening to us. All these protests, the, half of them aren't even making the news properly, and 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 not that not that you should follow the news but i'm just saying that like all of these protests they're falling on deaf ears because are the people in charge it doesn't affect them you're just wrong you're just flat out wrong about this like the la budget was just altered because of the protests in la like people are listening and we're we're at it agreed we're at a time where we're seeing active change in real time like it, it sucks how we got here. It's shitty how we got here. But, you know, at 50, 60 years ago, there was still segregation. There was still all, civil rights all of the there EPA, still like But all of the EPA things that Trump has undone. Listen, I know I'm not trying oh, to be a conspiracy yeah. theorist, like snowballing, changing directions every chance I get. But I'm like, he has basically undone. But these are what about isms? These are like, OK, yeah, maybe you've made progress over here. What about? this thing over here and like but, it but doesn't I'm, work like that there's not there's not grand sweeping changes but, to like all of legislation there's not but take take all of the senators right now right um um for everything that needs to get that needs to get voted they're all voting voting for who's who's for whose interests they have which is just yeah of course they are, are but the, which, but, which but, is just like, people paying them and so just saying that like like it doesn't matter how many listen i only but that's what that people are raging against right now yeah like that's that's the big because society's a really big fucking ship and it's gonna take time for it to listen, turn and it's I been love, turning for a while now i, I love your guys' hopefulness i'm just saying like i don't feel like too many changes are gonna happen after all of this but you sound like an apathetic person who says, like, it doesn't matter that you changed this local fucking election. You're never going to change anything. And that's like, no, 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 no. I'm saying that because I'm saying we need to look at it differently. And it starts with education and it starts with combining, not saying combining religions, but combining beliefs in such a way that they work for multiple different beliefs. No, fuck that. Fuck religion. Like, fucking no, 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 leave religion no, no. out of saying, this shit. I'm not saying religion. I'm saying beliefs because you can't... Listen, abortion... Like, well, Every single issue has religious ties to it. And so... Because we're a country founded on the Christian faith, even though we're not supposed to be yeah. like a Christian nation. We're not a Christian nation. We're supposed to... like the, We're supposed to be an basically agnostic nation. <laughs> right. But we've we've claimed christianity as our like because people won't get voted in if they're not a christian they know that very early on whoever realized like oh if i just appeal to these people's sensibilities then i can win the election yeah but this isn't me this isn't me trying to be negative saying it's not working this is me saying 
it's it's not working enough because we're not i'm i'm telling you like for i, I listen like our education budget is the dumbest thing in the world military well, this, stuff, whatever. this is exactly what people are protesting about yeah. right now they want to take the budget away from law enforcement and put it into education they're talking about changing it from the ground up. That's why the, the phrase defund the police is being held up. Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm saying, I believe all that, but I'm not, I'm listen, I'm just saying it hasn't happened yet. Well, <laughs> I mean, Jesus, how fucking quickly do you want it to happen? It's a process. We're, and good. Sorry. I interrupt. Well, no, but, I mean, but, but we're but currently, but we're currently doing that, but you're acting like I shouldn't talk about it. No, no, we should absolutely talk about it. We should have a discourse about it. But if you bring statements like these changes aren't happening, it's going to get it's going to warrant a response. Because if if the whole world talks like that and thinks like that, change is dead. We won't change. We need that activism of there is change, there is change, there is change to push us. Because if we don't believe that it can change, why try? I'm not I'm, but, but I'm not Listen, no matter what I sound like, I'm not trying to sound like it's not working. I'm saying I'm trying to say we need it's to not work working it fast enough. I'm not saying we need to work it better. It's not about like 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 well, fuck man. I don't know. I mean listen, I'm not getting I'm not I'm not upset with um I'm just trying to say I'm not I'm not upset. I'm just like I'm just getting emotional. I'm just like No, be emotional. You should be emotional. It's an emotional time. But I would say that my favorite supernatural biblical weapon is the uh, the donkey jawbone that Samson used to beat the shit out of the Philistines. See, I don't know. I didn't. I don't know that. See, that sounds like a sex move. Uh, okay. So there's this whole book of the Bible called Judges, which is just about how God is like Israelites, go do this thing, and they're like, yeah, and then they fuck up, and then the judges are like the superheroes that come around every group to lead them to like Israel, you fucked up. Let's not fuck up anymore. And they're like these badass chieftain heroes, right? And they take them and every story is kind of circular where they're like, you fucked up, hero shows up, hero gets them out of trouble. Samson was one of them, had super strength based on his hair. And he would like murder Philistines because that's who they were at war with at the time. And he gets cornered by like a bunch of the guys. I'd read it, but it's going to be more fun for me to make it up. And he like doesn't have a weapon. So he picks up a jawbone from a donkey that just happened to be lying there and just beats the shit out of fully armed guards, all with like plate mail or uh, scale iron scales on and shit like that. Iron weapons. Cause they're Philistines. And yeah, he just murders all of them with a donkey bone. Cause God's like super strength, donkey jawbone, go murder. And he's like, gotcha done. That's the whole, you, do you not know the Samson and Delilah story? Really I, like I know the little bit of this Samson. I don't know the full thing. I just know about. I know this that hair. like uh, the the lion got his hair cut off, and then the no uh, Samson Sam- kills Samson. a lion with his bare hands, and then he's boning uh, Delilah. No, but like in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the lion oh, yeah. gets his hair That's... cut off. That's oh, the same thing, right? That's supposed to be Jesus. Aslan. Oh, it's supposed to be Jesus. Yeah, Aslan is Jesus, and then dies, and then comes back. That's why the hey, uh, See, I, I can't. I haven't read the Bible, so I can't interpret the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe you know, correctly. You should, you should really do a podcast just on your like. Just tell us what the Bible is about, book by book. <laughs> you know, I, would, like, I wouldn't even know where to start. Well, you start with Genesis. What's Genesis about? <laughs> on the seventh Gen- day, dude, God created dude, the if world. If you, if you, if you, <laughs> wait, if you started reading Genesis, you wouldn't get through a page. 
Oh, I have. I've seen it. It's yeah. this begot, this begot, this begot, this, right? It's just like, like, a, blo- it's just like a historical bloodline. Uh, l- l- hey, wait, let me ask you guys something real quick. It's like the beginning of Dune. My, my thing is, <laughs> which is so great. Um, am I am I this fucking bummer that's just complaining? No, well, that's, that's hang on. I mean, how, how, yeah, you are, but like, we need to wrap this up. Well, so, so, and what, how, how would you like to end this? Should we, should we evaluate you or, um, well, or do you want me to read a few <laughs> excerpts from the book? Of oh, Willie, Willie is so disheartened right now. No, I'm like, dude, I, my, my thing, my whole life has always been don't, uh, uh, don't complain about something unless you can offer a solution to change that, Like that's how I've tried to live. And like, I feel like I never, I never get there, but I, but only because of our conversation and like, I get, I get too drunk and emotional without showing that what I think is this solution, not to say that it's the right answer. I just, I just think that our society is not properly thinking about our society in the future. We're every, listen, when well, I that think, I agree with. When I think of the force, of, like, for what it took for those guys to write the Declaration of Independence and, and, and for what it took for those guys to write the Constitution. And, and, it took and, them, like, and, three beers. And, but, but, like, honestly... They I have the I, bar I, tab for that party, just so you guys know. They <laughs> yeah. know exactly how much they had to drink to get that done. I will say this. For most of my life, I really felt like humanity could not have recreated that event until now. Now is the only time where I'm like, holy shit, man, people are like, everyone's standing up for, for what is right right now. And it's, and, and I've never, I didn't think that what's happening now was possible. And so I'm, I'm more hopeful for our future because of what's happening in the world today. Um, but, Except but like but, but we, we, we still, yeah, we still just have too many leaders that, that I, I don't know. We need to fucking, we need to fucking run them out and change. We, you know, we need to have a, more than a two party system. Like the two party system is the control, you know? All right. All right. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, like we, yeah. we don't need to hear your political platform because <laughs> the, the, ob- the, the answer is obvious, yeah. And it's because the powerful people are getting paid off to do a bunch of shit. And there is no, there is no like, clean sweep of that. That's not going to happen. We can't. I mean, we can eat the rich. That's what we can do. That's, all that, that's the only option left to us. I think we should go do that. But, but now we can all agree <laughs> that we need to eat them. Yeah, no, it can't just be a, like, murder would just be bad. We just have to just devour them whole. <laughs> Which is um, ironically biblical, if you look at communion. It's not that, it's not that far off the mark. Listen, if you can convince someone to eat Jesus every week, you can convince them to eat Trump. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm pretty sure I'd rather eat broken glass. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that guy. I mean, full of flavor, not a lot of sustenance, right? Because it's just all. Fat. I mean, he he is a Cheeto, so the trans fight alone is gonna. I do. I mean, he's definitely not healthy. He's not. He's not like grass fed by any means. But the fried pork skin feels the same, right? It's like this isn't good for me, but it might taste good because it's. And when you touch him, that cheesy powder comes off. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Brooks, for being here. Yeah. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Brooks, do you have anything that you want to um, plug at this at this time? I'm sort of springing this on you, so I oh. apologize. Uh, I think the only thing that I could think of is I could do my friends of Stalin who have a D&D podcast called Crit Squad, and they do various editions of uh, role-playing games. So the first one was Shadowrun. I think they're on Traveler now. So, okay, Crit Squad. That's C-R-I-T Squad, right? Yeah. You might, if you I'm don't like, know, uh, crit, fail, critical fail is where that comes from. Or critical hit if you're more of an optimist. Eh, you're talking <laughs> to the wrong guy. Because <laughs> you've been using the same dice for so long. That's, uh, I, I, go with, I go with nat 20. <laughs> I actually have a Dungeons & Dragons tattoo. You have one? Yeah, it's pretty dope. It's Atlas holding a D20 on my shoulder. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. That's my, that's my whole story. But yeah. That's, how many, how many girls have you showed that to? That oh, all of them. It? See, it's subtle they enough are. where if you don't know what it is, it's just some weird shape with some numbers on it. So you're like, yeah, oh, but, but which girl is. was like, this is amazing. I'm glad that you have this. Uh, my ex-girlfriend... Loved it. My roommate, who's also my best friend, loved it. So I, it's never it's never been a deterrent. There's always been Fair a, enough. Yeah, okay, yeah. Indifference well, or higher? Yeah. I've only That's most tattoos. I can't I can't think of I can't unless it was a swastika. I can't think of a tattoo that would actually actively turn people off. That's fair. Willie, any uh, plugs? Uh, you know what? <sighs> Fucking. No. <laughs> we broke Willie. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> I, I'll plug my dumb... Uh, go to patreon.com slash Wade Randolph. I'm doing uh, dumb food reviews and stuff like that. If you want to check them out, uh, head over there. I, I might abandon it. We'll see what happens. It's, it, it's in its infancy. It's a test. Um, so check that out. And thanks for listening. And if you want to get two extra episodes of this podcast a week just go to patreon.com slash real life sci-fi uh leave us a five-star review on itunes we'll read it on the air um uh, i just to throw this it. out there too for for our bonus um our, 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 uh, of this episode we're we're going to talk to brooks about different styles of you know D style games uh that we could get into to see what what we should play like Brooks is a dungeon master. He fucking is into all different types of that, those styles of games. And I, I, I'm not going to say you're limiting yourself if you're just doing D&D, but you can tailor your experience to how you want to play now. There are, there are different systems for everybody. Yeah, overthrow <laughs> the patriarchy. That is D&D. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, and remember, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not after you.